have three truths I want to share with you about the doctrine of adoption this morning, and here's the first. From the get-go this morning, you need to understand as we talk about adoption that adoption is a gift from God. Adoption is a gift from God. John 3.16 was one of the first scriptures I ever learned, probably you too. It's world famous. You can see it. You'll see it on TV today, probably at a football game somewhere. John 3.16, somebody holding up that sign, 3.16. Of course, you know the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I love that scripture. I love that scripture because it talks about three things. First, it talks about the love of God. If you're here today and, and you walk through these doors and you were feeling unloved, you were feeling alone, you need to understand this. There is a God. He made all things, including you, and He loves you, friends. That's the truth of God's Word. It says, for God so loved the world. God loves us, and that Scripture tells us that. More than that, that Scripture also tells us that uh, about the gift of God. It says that God so loved the world that He gave. And, and to give, that's, that's a gift. And the gift that God gave us because of His great love was the gift of His one and only Son, His perfect Son, Jesus Christ. God gave us Him. He's, he's a gift unto us. Finally, that Scripture talks about the life of God. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him, being Jesus, have everlasting life. The life of God, that we would live forever with God in His presence in this great place that we call and have labeled heaven. And the Scripture says that if we believe that, if we receive Christ, that we have become sons and daughters of God. And this morning, I, I want to talk to you about what it means to be a son and a daughter of God, uh, about how that happens, about why that's happened. So to do that, turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 3. Now, we're going to do something crazy this morning, okay? Are you ready? Crazy. We're going to read the scripture in context. Isn't that crazy? We're not just going to pick out one verse and just go, here, and, and we're, we're actually going to read it all together. It's amazing. That's what the Bible was written for. And so we're going to start in chapter 3, and we're going to remember that when the Bible was originally written, that it wasn't written with these verse markers or these chapter markings. And so we're going to follow that thought all the way down in chapter 4. We're going to discover that God has adopted us, and we're going to figure out why He's adopted us and how He's adopted us as we read from Galatians 3 down to 4. So Galatians chapter 3 starts. Starting in verse 26, it, it's going to basically mimic John 3.16. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 26, it says, You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that what John 3.16, just whoever believes, whoever believes he, he receives eternal life, okay? So that's what it's talking about. So it, it begins there, verse 26, You are all sons of God. You can insert daughters of God there as well, uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, male nor female, for you uh, for all, uh, are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now let's keep reading for, uh, chapter 4. Okay? Chapter 4. We'll pick up in verse 4. It says, But when the time had fully come, okay, this is the same thought. It's all tied together. It says, But Remember, going back to 26, you're sons of God, okay? This is telling us how, starting in verse 4. It says, But when the time had come, God sent his son, 
born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights as sons. Underline that little passage, that little, that little uh, verse or those phrases there, the full rights of sons, because you were sons of God, sent uh, the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. Now, the key uh, phrasing there would be that little phrase that says, full rights of sons. That phrase in the original Greek is one word. It's not a phrase. It's one word. Do you know what that word is? It's adoption. It's adoption. This is how the passage should read, starting in verse 4 of Galatians 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters of God. That we might receive adoption. Christ came, was born under the law, lived a perfect life, fulfilled the law, died on the cross, finished the law, rose again, conquered the law. Why? So that we could be adopted as sons and daughters of God, so that we could become heirs of God's kingdom. So I've got to ask you this morning, did you know, did you know that you were adopted? Did, did, did you notice, did you notice uh, the lack of family resemblance? You know, your father, your father is, is loving, and we are hateful and spiteful. And our father is jealous, and we are constantly bitter and forsake the blessings that, are, that He's given us. Our Father is peace, and yet we constantly worry. Our Father is patient, yet we are quick-tempered, right? Did you notice the lack of family resemblance? Folks, that's because you've been adopted. You've been adopted. That's what God gave when He gave Christ. He gave His Son so that we could become His sons and daughters and receive full rights as children of God, meaning everlasting life, meaning love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and faithfulness and goodness and self-control. We got it all when we got Jesus. We've been adopted and we are now full sons and full daughters. We're no longer aliens. We're no longer, we're, we're no longer outcasts. Friends, we are sons and daughters of God. And get this, it goes by, it goes so far that we are now heirs of the kingdom. Heirs of the kingdom. We have been adopted. We've got to start there this morning. You have to understand. Don't miss it. Adoption is a gift from God. So we begin there. Second thing we have to understand this morning is that adoption is a reflection of God's character. Adoption is a reflection of God's character. Now the word character in Greek or in Latin has to do with an engraving tool. With an engraving tool. That's what it's all about. You think of an engraving tool, what's the point of it? Well, the point of it is that it has to get under the surface. Right? That's what an engraved... So you think of a chisel, and you think of the beauty that lies beneath the surface. And that's a great way to describe character. The, the best way I know to describe character is who you are way down deep. That's what character is. It's who you are way down deep. Well, friends, do you know who God really is way down deep? Is He creator? Yes. Is He sustainer? Absolutely. Is He all-powerful and mighty? Amen, hallelujah, absolutely. Is He sovereign and holy? Absolutely. But do you know which term is used to describe Him 260 times throughout the Bible? 260 times throughout the Bible. I'm sorry, this is driving me nuts. Just, sometimes you just got to take care of things. Okay. Um, 260 times throughout the Bible, 
term used to describe God way down deep is fervor. That's the term. Fervor. Turn to Romans chapter 8 with me. Romans chapter 8. You've, you've got to hear this. It's going to put a smile on your face. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 15. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 15. Actually, we'll start in verse 14. Verse 14, it, it says of Romans chapter 8, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit, the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. That word sonship in verse 15, guess what? Same word we looked at in Galatians chapter 4. It means adopted. It means adoption. That's what it means. It says that we have received the spirit of adoption and by Him we cry out, Daddy. Or Father. That's huge. That's huge. You want to know what the heart of God is? The heart of God is the Father's heart, friends. Jesus talked about it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7. Turn there with me. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is talking about prayer and, and He's talking about the heart of God. And, and you see, people never understood the heart of God and they didn't understand why they should pray. And Jesus is saying, listen, you need to pray because God is Father. That's why you need to pray. Because He loves you like a Father loves you. You've got to pray. And, and so this is what He says in Matthew chapter 7. If I don't miss it, starting uh, in verse... Let's not be in Acts. Let's be in Matthew. <clears throat> we spent so much time in Acts, I just want to turn there every time. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 7. I've got to get used to this when we're starting it in January. Starting in verse 7. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, and that is who we are. He says, If you then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? To those who ask Him. God is our Father. He has adopted us. He loves us. The very act of adoption reflects the true essence of His character. He is Father. We've been adopted because He is a Father. David said it this way. Turn to Psalm 68. I'm sorry, we're kind of surfing all around, but you've kind of got to when you're talking about a topic. Psalm 68, verse 4 uh, through 6. David's talking about this very thing, and I just I love what he says about God here. Psalm 68, starting in verse 4, he says, Sing to God. Sing praise to His name. Extol Him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord and rejoice before Him. And, and so why do we sing to Him and why do we rejoice? Get this verse 5. He says, He's a father to the fatherless. A defender of the widows is God in His holy dwelling. Verse 6. God sets the lonely in families. God sets the lonely in families. Why do we worship God? 
Because He has adopted us. Because He is Father. Because He is Father. Adoption is a reflection of God's character. That's who He is way down deep. He is Father. And because of that, He's adopted us. And number three. Number three, I want you to see this morning that adoption is for the glory of God. Adoption is for the glory of God. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, starting verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Starting verse 4, you might want to underline this. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Get this, verse 6 to the praise of His glorious grace. He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ. Why? Verse 6, to the praise of His glorious grace. Why did God adopt us? For His glory. God adopted us for His own glory. Now that may offend you if you believe in a man-centered gospel that's all about you. We we have this tendency to think that the whole world revolves around us and God adopted us because we were so good and we deserved Him and we're this great addition to His family. Friends, don't get me wrong. God does love you, but He didn't adopt you because of the great person that you were. He adopted you for His glory. Adoption. Adoption brings glory to God. The goal of all things in life and in death, this passage would teach us, is the glory of God. And that means that it's not about you, and it's not about me, but it's all about Him, and it's all for Him, and it's all through Him, and it's all to Him. That's what it's all about. Paul wrote it this way, 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or drink, in everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. That's what it's all about. And and this central doctrine of adoption is the same. It's for the glory of God. And lest you think it's not, lest lest you would have it some other way, lest you would rather it be about you somehow, let me remind you of this great truth, okay? Because this is hard for us to wrap our mind. But God's all for His glory. He's just selfish. He's no, 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 no. Trust me, you want it this way. I want to share something with you that Matthew Chandler, uh, Matt Chandler writes in, in his book, his new book, The Explicit Gospel. He, he's talking about the fact that God is, God is uh, uh, focused on His own glory. That that's, that's, that's His greatest aim is His own glory. And he's talking about that, and this is what He says to us that would question that. He says, trust me, uh, we will want it this way because a God who is ultimately most focused on His own glory will be about the business of restoring us who are all broken images of Him. Get, get that. Get this, okay? This, this is why you want to serve a God that's focused on His own glory. Because He says, listen, if, if God is focused on His own glory, then you can be guaranteed that He is going to bring about to completion the work that He has begun in us. Because a God that is focused on His own glory is going to do everything to restore us who are just broken images of Him to His glory. Amen? I don't know about you, but that excites me. When I read the promises of God, it says, listen, that He has begun, He who has begun a good work uh, in you will bring
about to completion, that means that God will do that. Why? For me? No. For my family? No. For this church? No. For His glory. For His glory, He'll do it. That means that I am going to shine like a star in the universe as I hold out the word of life. That means that thing's going to happen to me. For His glory. For His glory. He goes on. He says, God's glory, His glory demands it. So we should be thankful for a self-sufficient God whose self-regard is glorious. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but I am grateful for a self-sufficient God. For a self-sufficient God whose self-regard is glorious. God has adopted us. He has made us His own through His Son, Jesus, and for His own glory. That's what adoption does. It brings Him glory. Now, what do you do with a message on adoption today? What do you do? Some of you are thinking, I know, the pastor's going to tell me I've got to go out and adopt a kid. That's what he's going to say. Golly, why did I come to church today? I've already got, man, listen, we're struggling to pay the bills, and now he's telling me I've got to go adopt. Listen, i got three in diapers, and they are slinging stuff all over the house. I've got Cocoa Puffs stuck up noses and things put in ears, and I can't even speak of what's all hidden under the stove. And, and now he's going to tell me I've got to go adopt. That's what he's going to say. Okay? Listen, here's the deal. As, as always, this isn't something for you to go check off a box, man. This is something that you need to go home and pray about. And these aren't things for you to do. These are just fire starters in your heart. You're supposed to go home and pray about these things and see what the Lord has for you. So there's four uh, things, four, four points of application I want to give you. And here's the first. The first thing, my first prayer for you this week after this message is simply this, that you would understand the importance of adoption. Would you just understand the importance of On two levels, guys, first, just theologically. You have been adopted. That is the scripture. You've been adopted when Christ died and rose again, and you believed in that. God adopted you. That's how you became a son and a daughter of God. You were adopted, and you say, well, why is that important? Here's why. Man, have you ever been laid off? If you've ever been laid off, I guarantee when somebody you know is laid off, you have a broken heart for that person, right? Right? Do you ever know somebody that, that lost a loved one? Well, if you've lost a loved one, you have a great heart for somebody that's lost a loved one, right? You follow me? Okay? If, are you struggling financially? Okay? If you've ever struggled financially and you know a couple that is up to their ears in debt and you're brokenhearted for that person, if you've ever had a child that is sick and in the hospital and somebody else is sick and in the hospital, then you're brokenhearted over the sickness of their child. Well, friends, guess what? If you've been adopted, then you've got to be brokenhearted over orphans. Right? 143 million is not acceptable anymore. It's not acceptable now that our eyes have been opened. It's not acceptable to sleep well at night after we've watched hours and hours of football on TV. It's not acceptable anymore. It can't be. And so the first thing you've got to do is you've got to understand the importance of it. If you, you were an orphan, that's what Scripture says. It's not just that you were dead. It's that you were an orphan. It's that you were like a helpless child that could not take care of himself or handle himself. And the God of the universe chose to step out of heaven and to say, it's okay, I'll take you home. That's the biblical portrait, friends. And so you've got to understand. 
understand the theological significance of your salvation is that you were adopted. So you've got to stop there. After you understand the theological importance, you've got to understand. You've got to understand just the physical importance, just just the practical importance of adoption. We live in a world full of children that are just in need of home. A world full of children. In the United States, friends, in our country, where we have multiple cars and empty rooms and extra beds, 800,000 in our country? Thirty thousand just in Texas. You've got to understand the importance. Number two, once you understand the importance and the gravity of it hits you, and I pray that it hurts. It hurts me. I hope it hurts you. Second thing you have to do is you have to pray about getting involved in adoption. Now, does that, that does not mean adopting? Praying about getting involved in adoption. There are so many ways to be involved in adoption, and we don't even understand them. The first, of course, the primary, you can adopt. You can adopt. 143 million orphans. There are plenty of kids to adopt. You can adopt internationally. I'm going to tell you right now, it's expensive. You can spend upwards of $20,000 in lawyer's fees and travel fees and, and home studies and all the things that it will take. But I want to tell you, you know what the Bible says about investing, friend? It says we're to invest in heaven. That's what it says. I want to tell you that's probably the best $20,000 you'll ever spend in your entire life. And your entire life. Your entire life. And so some of you, you need to pray about that. You just need to pray about it, all right? Okay, so some of you need, need to, to pray about maybe fostering a kid. Maybe say, listen, I, I don't know, $20,000, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know that we've got an extra bedroom. I know that we've got a bed, and I know that we're imperfect. I know that we fight, and I know that we fail, I know that we struggle. But I know that we can be Jesus to, to some kids that need somebody to be Jesus to them, even if it's just for a year. I know that we can do that, right? So some of you, that's it. Now, now get this. For some others, what God's going to call you to do is support others that want to adopt. Guess what? It's not easy to come up with $20,000, amen? It's, it's not simple. And so you can financially support them. You can say, listen, uh, we, we were going we to buy a, a $50,000 car, but we heard that you wanted to adopt. And so, get this, we want to bless you so much that we went and bought a $25,000 used car, and we're giving you $25,000 to cover your adoption. Can you imagine that? It, it's not that you have to be the one willing to take the child in your home. You might just be able to support somebody that's willing to take the child into their home. You following me? All right, maybe, maybe God calls you to help keep kids with their biological parents. You say, how does that work? Compassion International, World Vision, Food for the Hungry, great organization. I love all three of them. We, we, we currently I have three children that we have supported through Food for the Hungry. Each of our kids writes to them every month. It costs about $30 a month. What does that $30 do? It keeps those children with their parents. It provides food for them. It provides education for them. It provides clothing for them and shoes for them. 30 bucks a month, folks, that's nothing. 30 bucks, an extra $100 in your family's budget, and you can make three less orphans in the world. If you think about it, 
way. It's crazy. We can change this problem. We have the ability to affect our world. God, as we sit here, pray about getting involved. Okay, number three. Number three. I want to challenge you. Okay, so we, we've never been educated. We have prayed about it. Now here's the challenge. This is the throwdown. I want to challenge you to go out of your way to add a child to your life. I'm going to challenge you. Now, here's why. What is adoption for? It's for the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. We've been adopted. It's biblical. It's for the glory of God. Can I tell you what stands out in our world today? Adoption. Our world is all about getting rid of children. That's our society. Now, you don't have to like that. I may have just offended you, but that is the world we live in. It begins with contraception, right? So we'll stop there. Listen, I don't want kids. If I have any more kids, that's going to mess up my retirement. You're selfish. That's what you are. Okay? So I'm going to start there. Okay? So this is, now listen, I thought this in my family. We had a third son, and my dad called me and said, I'll pay for your vasectomy. How are you going to pay for college? Well, guess what? The Lord provides. That's the answer. The Lord provides. That's the answer. Okay? And, and so, so, but, but just, it's, it's, it's so prevalent in our society, so it begins there. Okay? When, when um, conception happens, then we go to abortion. Well, listen, I can't have that child. They're, they're going to affect my lifestyle, so I'm going to abort that baby. So we go to abortion. All right? And, and, and you, you think I'm joking. This is our world. It's all about getting children out of their life. Now, if we do have children, just think about some of the conversations you hear. Only 10 more years to the end of house. Our society is focused on getting children out of the way so that they can enjoy a life. And in that kind of society, when I'm a fisher swimming that way, you stand up and say, No, I want to add a child to my life. I don't want to get rid of a child, but I want to add a child to my life. And I want to go out of my way. And I want to spend all of my money. And I want to lay it all on the land. And I want to be hurt. And I'm, I'm going to make myself vulnerable and available. And I don't care. When you stand up in our world and you make that kind of statement, it caters the culture and it brings glory to our Father. That's what it does. So I want to... I, I, Join me, pray about how you can do this. And again, it's not about bringing a child just into your home. Guys, it includes, when, when, when somebody looks at you and they go, well, how come you make all this money? Why don't you have any extra money? We sponsor five kids through Fathom for the Henry. That's what we do. And they look at you like you're nuts. They'll say, listen, you spend $150 on children? Amen, hallelujah, yes I do. I drive a piece of junk. But I'm, I'm affecting the orphan crisis in our world. That's what I'm doing. So pray about how you can get involved. For I'm almost done, I promise. Encourage and support families that are willing to adopt and foster. Adoption isn't infertility correction. It's Great Commission faithful. Encourage and support those that do it. I want to be honest with you. Adoption is difficult and it is costly. It costs God his own son. It will cost you money, time, sanity. It will. 
guess what? We can help. We can stand in the gap. We can babysit. We can take kids for an entire weekend and allow families that have adopted and fostered to get away, work on their communication, right? There are things that we can do when you know a family that is in the process of that. You can help sponsor those kids to play in athletics, to do different things like that. There are things that we can all tangibly do. And so I would just, I I would ask you, man, pray about these things. Try to make these things a part of your life. Now, here's how we're going to close this, okay? Remember, remember, we can all do something. And for every one of us that does something, that is one less child in our world today without a home. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I just want you to watch this video. It's a simple, straightforward message, okay? And as you watch it, I just pray that you'd open your mind and your heart to it. I pray that you would allow its, its truth and its message just to get to you a little bit this morning. And then I'll talk to you when it's over, okay?